0: section number twelve of the history of chemistry this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by rosehip the history of chemistry by thomas thompson volume one chapter three chemistry of the arabians part one hitherto i have spoken of alchemy or of the chemical manufactures of the ancients the people to whom scientific chemistry owes its origin are the arabians not that they prosecuted scientific chemistry themselves but they were the first persons who attempted to form chemical medicines this they did by mixing various bodies with each other and applying heat to the mixture in various ways this led to the discovery of some of the mineral acids these they applied to the metals etc and ascertained the effects produced upon that most important class of bodies thus the arabians began those researches which led gradually to the formation of scientific chemistry we must therefore endeavor to ascertain the chemical facts for which we are indebted to the arabians when mohammed first delivered his dogmas to his countrymen they were not altogether barbarous possessed of a copious and expressive language and inhabiting a burning climate their imaginations were lively and their passions violent poetry and fiction were cultivated by them with ardor and with considerable success but science and inductive philosophy had made little or no progress among them the fatalism introduced by muhammad and the blind enthusiasm which he inculcated rendered them furious bigots and determined enemies to every kind of intellectual improvement the rapidity with which they overran asia africa and even a portion of europe is universally known at that period the western world was sunk into extreme barbarism and the greeks with whom the remains of civilization still lingered were sadly degenerated from those sages who graced the classic ages bent to the earth under the most grinding but turbulent despotism that ever disgraced mankind and having their understandings sealed up by the most subtle and absurd and uncomprising superstition all the energy of mind all the powers of invention all the industry and talent which distinguished their ancestors had completely forsaken them their writers aimed at nothing new or great and were satisfied with repeating the scientific facts determined by their ancestors the lamp of science fluttered in its socket and was on the eve of being extinguished nothing good or great could be expected from such a state of society it was therefore wisely determined by providence that the Mussulman conquerors should overrun the earth sweep out those miserable governors and free the wretched inhabitants from the trammels of despotism and superstition as a despotism not less severe and a superstition still more gloomy and uncompromising was substituted in their place it may seem at first sight that the conquests of the mahometans brought things into a worse state than they found them but the listless inactivity the almost death-like torpor which had frozen the minds of mankind were effectually roused the Mussulmans displayed a degree of energy and activity which have few parallels in the history of the world and after the conquests of the mahometans were completed and the caliphs quietly seated upon the greatest and most powerful throne that the world had ever seen after almanzor about the middle of the eighth century had founded the city of baghdad and settled a permanent and flourishing peace the arts and sciences which usually accompany such a state of society began to make their appearance the caliph founded an academy at baghdad which acquired much celebrity and gradually raised itself above all the other academies in his dominions a medical college was established there with powers to examine all those persons who intended to devote themselves to the medical profession so many professors and pupils flocked to this celebrated college from all parts of the world that at one time their number amounted to no fewer than six thousand public hospitals and laboratories were established to facilitate a knowledge of diseases and to make the students acquainted with the method of preparing medicines it was this last establishment which originated with the caliphs that gave a first beginning to the science of chemistry in the thirteenth century the caliph mustanza re-established the academy and the medical college at baghdad for both had fallen into decay and had been replaced by an infinite number of jewish seminaries mostanza gave large salaries to the professors collected a magnificent library and established a new school of pharmacy he was himself often present at the public lectures the successor of mostanza was the caliph harun al-rashid the perpetual hero of the arabian tales he not only carried his love for the sciences further than his predecessors but displayed a liberality and a tolerance for religious opinions which was not quite consistent with mahometan bigotry and superstition he drew round him the syrian christians who translated the greek classics rewarded them liberally and appointed them instructors of his mahometan subjects especially in medicine and pharmacy he protected the christian school of founded by the nestorian christians before the time of mohammed and still continuing in a flourishing state always surrounded by literary men he frequently condescended to take a part in their discussions and not unfrequently as might have been expected from his rank came off victorious the most enlightened of all the caliphs was almamon who has rendered his name immortal by his exertions in favour of the sciences it was during his reign that the arabian schools came to be thoroughly acquainted with greek science he procured the translation of a great number of important works this conduct inflamed the religious zeal of the faithful who devoted him to destruction and to the divine wrath for favoring philosophy and in that way diminishing the authority of the quran almamon purchased the ancient classics from all quarters and recommended the care of doing so in a particular manner to his ambassadors at the court of the greek emperors to leo the philosopher he made the most advantageous offers to induce him to come to baghdad but that philosopher would not listen to his invitation it was under the auspices of this enlightened prince that the celebrated attempt was made to determine the size of the earth by measuring a degree of the meridian the result of this attempt it does not belong to this work to relate almo tassem and motawakel who succeeded almamon followed his example favoured the sciences and extended their protection to men of science who were christians motawakel re-established the celebrated academy and library of alexandria but he acted with more severity than his predecessors with regard to the christians who may perhaps have abused the tolerance which they enjoyed the other vicars of the prophet in the different mahometan states followed the fine example set them by almamon already in the eighth century the sovereigns of moghreb and the western provinces of africa showed themselves the zealous friends of the sciences one of them called abdallah Ibad ibadshab rendered commerce and industry flourishing at tunis he himself cultivated poetry and drew numerous artists and men of science into his state at fez and in morocco the sciences flourished especially during the reign of the edris the last of whom jahia a prince possessed of genius sweetness and goodness changed his court into an academy and paid attention to those only who had distinguished themselves by their scientific knowledge but spain was the most fortunate of all the mahometan states and had arrived at such a degree of prosperity both in commerce manufactures population and wealth as is hardly to be credited the three abdul ramans and al hakem carried from the eighth to the tenth century the country subject to the caliph of cordova to the highest degree of splendor they protected the sciences and governed with so much mildness that spain was probably never so happy under the dominion of any christian prince al hakem established at cordova an academy which for several ages was the most celebrated in the whole world all the christians of western europe repaired to this academy in search of information it contained in the tenth century a library of two hundred and eighty thousand volumes the catalogue of this library filled no less than forty four volumes Seville toledo and murcia had likewise their schools of science and their libraries which retained their celebrity as long as the dominion of the moors lasted in the twelfth century there were seventy public libraries in that part of spain which belonged to the mahometans cordova had produced one hundred and fifty authors almeria fifty-two and murcia sixty-two the Mahometan states of the East continued also to favour the sciences. An Emir of Iraq, Adad el Dawla by name, distinguished himself towards the end of the tenth century by the protection which he afforded to men of science. To him, almost all the philosophers of the age dedicated to their works. Another Emir of Iraq, Saif ed Dawla established schools at kufa and at busora which soon acquired great celebrity abu Mansur baharam established a public library at firuzabad in kurdistan which at its very commencement contained seven thousand volumes in the thirteenth century there existed a celebrated school of medicine in damascus the caliph malek adel endowed it richly and was often present at the lectures with a book under his arm had the progress of the sciences among the arabians been proportional to the number of those who cultivated them we might hail the saracens as the saviours of literature during the dark and benighted ages of christianity but we must acknowledge with regret that notwithstanding the enlightened views of the caliphs notwithstanding the multiplicity of academies and libraries and the prodigious number of writers the sciences received but little improvement from the arabians there are very few arabian writers in whose works we find either philosophical ideas successful researches, new facts or great and new and important truths how indeed could such things be expected from a people naturally hostile to mental exertion professing a religion which stigmatizes all exercise of the judgment as a crime and weighed down by the heavy yoke of despotism it was the religion of the arabians and the despotism of their princes that opposed the greatest obstacles to the progress of the sciences even during the most flourishing period of their civilization fortunately chemistry was the branch of science least obnoxious to the religious prejudices of the mahometans it was in it therefore that the greatest improvements were made of these improvements it will be requisite now to endeavour to give the reader some idea astrology and alchemy they both derived from the greeks neither of them were inconsistent with the tastes of the nation neither of them were anathematized by the mahometan creed though islamism prohibited magic and all the arts of divination alchemy may have suggested the chemical processes but the arabians applied them to the preparation of medicines and thus opened a new and most copious source of investigation the chemical writings of the arabians which i have had an opportunity of seeing and perusing in a latin dress being ignorant of the original language in which they were written are those of geber and avicenna geber, whose real name was abu musa shafar al soli was a sabian of haran in mesopotamia and lived during the eighth century very little is known respecting the history of this writer who must be considered as the patriarch of chemistry Golius, professor of the oriental languages in the university of Leyden made a present of Geber's work in manuscript to the public library. He translated it into Latin and published it in the same city in folio and afterwards in quarto under the title of Lapis Philosophorum. It was translated into English by Richard Russell in 1678 under the title of The Works of Geber, the Most Famous Arabian Prince and Philosopher. The works of gaber so far as they appeared in latin or english consist of four tracts the first is entitled of the investigation or search of perfection the second is entitled of the sum of perfection or of the perfect Magistracy." the third of the invention of verity or perfection and the last of furnaces with a recapitulation of the author's experiments the object of geber's work is to teach the method of making the philosopher's stone which he distinguishes usually by the name of medicine of the third class the whole is in general written with so much plainness that we can understand the nature of the substances which he employed the processes which he followed and the greater number of the products which he obtained it is therefore a book of some importance because it is the oldest chemical treatise in existence and because it makes us acquainted with the processes followed by the arabians and the progress which they had made in chemical investigations i shall therefore lay before the reader the most important facts contained in geber's work one he considered all the metals as compounds of mercury and sulphur this opinion did not originate with him it is evident from what he says that the same notion had been adopted by his predecessors men whom he speaks of under the title of the ancients two the metals with which he was acquainted were gold silver copper iron tin and lead these are usually distinguished by him under the names of sol luna venus mars jupiter and saturn whether these names of the planets were applied to the metals by geber or only by his translators i cannot say but they were always employed by the alchemists who never designated the metals by any other appellations Three gold and silver he considered as perfect metals but the other four were imperfect metals the difference between them depends in his opinion partly upon the proportions of mercury and sulphur in each and partly upon the purity or impurity of the mercury and sulphur which enters into the composition of each gold according to him is created of the most subtle substance of mercury and of most clear fixture and of a small substance of sulphur clean and of pure redness fixed clear and changed from its own nature tinged that and because there happens a diversity in the colors of that sulphur the yellowness of gold must needs have a like diversity his evidence that gold consisted chiefly of mercury is the great ease with which mercury dissolves gold for mercury in his opinion dissolves nothing that is not of its own nature the lustre and splendour of gold is another proof of the great proportion of mercury which it contains that it is a fixed substance void of all burning sulphur he thinks evident by every operation in the fire for it is neither diminished nor inflamed his other reasons are not so intelligible silver like gold is composed of much mercury and a little sulphur but in the gold the sulphur is red whereas the sulphur that goes to the formation of silver is white the sulphur in silver is also clean fixed and clear silver has a purity short of that of gold and a more gross inspissation the proof of this is that its parts are not so condensed nor is it so fixed as gold for it may be diminished by fire which is not the case with gold iron is composed of earthy mercury and earthy sulphur highly fixed the latter in by far the greatest quantity sulphur by the work of fixation more easily destroys the easiness of liquefaction than mercury hence the reason why iron is not fusible as is the case with the other metals sulphur not fixed melts sooner than mercury but fixed sulphur opposes fusion what contains more fixed sulphur more slowly admits of fusion than what partakes of burning sulphur which more easily and sooner flows Copper is composed of sulphur unclean gross and fixed as to its greater part but as to its lesser part not fixed red and livid in relation to the whole not overcoming nor overcome and of gross mercury when copper is exposed to ignition you may discern a sulphureous flame to arise from it which is a sign of sulphur not fixed and the loss of the quantity of it by exhalation through the frequent combustion of it shows that it has fixed sulphur this last being in abundance occasions the slowness of its fusion and the hardness of its substance that copper contains red and unclean sulphur united to unclean mercury is he thinks evident from its sensible qualities End of section 12.